The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. And our goal in every show is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And we found that many of the skill sets that you gain or learn in one area will assist you in all other areas. So we're going to continue our conversation today about the keys to a successful sales career. So the title today is the, the Keys to a Successful Sales Career Part 2. And in Part 1, we talked about personality traits that the most successful sales professionals and business owners possess. Uh, organizational psychologists have identified several key traits. And if you have these traits or you have them in abundance or you perform well in these traits, uh, the odds of you being successful consistently are much greater than if you have lower scores in these. And just to give you a a quick recap, uh, the traits that the most successful sales professionals and business owners have is they're, they're very energetic. They follow through. They're optimistic. Okay, They're resilient. If they, something tough happens to them, they get back up and they keep it moving. They're assertive. They aren't afraid or uncomfortable in talking to high-level people or even uh, requesting more out of them. They're extremely social, which you almost have to be social in the sales or business professional, as a sales or business professional. They're expressive. They're able to show and convey passion when they talk. And they're serious-minded. So those are some of the traits. Today, we're going to talk about the sales knowledge they need to have. And we're going to talk from a consultative standpoint. The consultative standpoint is a whole lot better because when I first started in sales, I was taught some things that were effective, but they were only effective if I was looking for a transactional sale. A transactional sale basically means... It was a one-time sale, and chances are I was not going to do business with that company again. That's not how you want to grow a client base, and that's definitely not how you want to grow a business. We want to have the consultative approach because with the consultative approach, you're trying to build long-term relationships, and you're trying to develop customer loyalty where they'll do business, and then ultimately they will even tell others about you. So we're going to talk about the consultative approach today. And one of the first things they've identified in being consultative, we have to become more skillful at, 
is prospecting and pre-qualifying. And I'll take those one at a time. When we talk about prospecting, that's how you go about finding your opportunities, how you go about finding that new customer or that new prospect. And there are several ways to do that, obviously, but there are some ways that are better than others. And we want to focus on the ways that, that I found to be the more successful and more effective and efficient way of finding new prospects. One way is what we call lead groups or networking groups. This is basically when you connect on a regular basis with five to seven individuals You aren't in the same industry. You don't compete with them, but you go after the same type of customers. So they're calling on the same people you're calling on with different products or services, and you're trying to get in. And I have found when I did a survey several years ago, one company hired me to find out what the most successful salespeople were doing. And it was interesting to me that when I interviewed the sales professionals, one of the common traits was they, the majority said that they were a part of some type of leads group, okay? And the leads group, for example, could have someone from telecommunications. Let's say you, if you're in office furniture, or uh, you might have someone in there from telecommunications. You may have someone uh, in there that is a commercial broker, someone from a moving company, HVAC. They all are calling on the same type of individual, an architect, but you don't compete. As a matter of fact, one of the statistics that I heard from the people who were successful that participated with lead groups, they told me 50 to 70% of their business came from their lead group. And I was just, I thought that was amazing. And when I came back to Tampa, I knew someone in Tampa who I considered the guru of networking. So I called her and I said, let me ask you a question are you part of a leads group? And she said, of course I am. And I said, what, how successful has that made you? And she said, at least 50% of my business comes from the group. I said, okay, so what recommendations would you give to someone who's trying to start one or get involved with one? One of the things she said was, she said, I would tell them to not go join one of the mega lead groups, the groups that have 75, 200 people in it. I know that a lot of little small organizations, but she said, The majority of the people that are going to these types of meetings really don't have any good inside information or insight into the companies. She said in many cases, they just tore something out of the newspaper as they ran out the door to come to the meeting. They can't give you good information. And they say there are probably five to seven people in that group who are the movers and the shakers, but the odds of actually getting into their circle Uh, it's going to be a very challenging thing to accomplish. So she said the best group she ever had was the one she started herself. And I said, tell me more about that. And she said, I started with one person. And then when we were in sync, then we added a third person. Then when all three of us were in sync and we were flowing together, we added a fourth, then a fifth, then a sixth, then a seventh. So basically what she did was... She actually built her group. And another thing that was interesting that she mentioned was she had a criteria for anyone that was a part of her group. 
because most of the people that I, I, as I thought about it, we just go grab a body. We don't know how good they are, how successful they are, how thorough they are, how passionate they are, how committed they are. We grab, oh, you are an architect or you're a designer? Oh, come join my group. But she had a criteria. Uh, They had to have high energy. Each individual had to have high energy. They had to have a high quota. And they had to have a successful track record. So think about it. What she did was she was surrounding herself with the best of the best. She was surrounding surrounding herself with people who were successful. And as you've heard me say before on the show, who you network with will determine your net worth. And they would meet on a monthly basis and they were talking all the time. But think about it. The people that she associated with, and many of them have already been successful and getting business from accounts she was interested in. So they could literally draw her a map to the sale. They could identify exactly who she needed to speak with or ultimately get to. She could, they could tell her what she needed to be able to say or be prepared to say to that individual, what their hot buttons were, uh, what she needed to stay away from, any particular individuals in that organization that could cause her problems. It was just amazing. And she had tremendous success from that. So lead groups are a really good way. The, the, the best way really and truly are referrals. You just can't get any better than referrals because a referral will normally give you the name of someone that they're close to, that already know them, and that trust them. I, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine, and he was really pleased because he just got a great endorsement from someone he just did some work for. And I asked him, I said, okay, congratulations. I said, did you ask for a referral? And he said, nope, I did not. So I just gave him a quick coaching session on how to get more business right away. So basically when you, want, when you get a referral, when you do work for someone and you've done a good job, and we should always do a good job, an exceptional job, uh, beyond what they were, their expectations, uh, you ask them. I just want to confirm that I met and hopefully exceeded your expectations. How did I do? They said, great. Then you say, you know, I'm glad that you're pleased with what I prov- provided for you. There are other people who are trying to get this same quality of service. And you may even know someone. Who else in your neighborhood? Who else in your community? What business owners? What other funeral directors? What other doctors? You can get as specific as you like with that. Who else do you know that I can be of service to? Ask why, and, and there's an old saying, strike while the iron is hot. While they're high, while they're happy, excited about the service or the product they just purchased from you, now's the time to try to get additional business and opportunities. Don't ask, uh, do you know anybody? That's just too easy to say no to. It's who do you know? And you can be specific also, but specifically, you don't want to say, you don't know anybody, do you? No, oh, I didn't think you would. All right, so ask for referrals. And then if you get names, then I want you to basically ask them, okay, if you were me, who would you call on first? Now we want to prioritize the order because we want to go after the best opportunity first always. So they may say, well, I would call on Sam. Really, why is that? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Sam a little earlier while you were working, 
and I was telling him about the great job you were doing for me, and he said, you know, I know I need to get this work done on my house or my with my company, but I just didn't know who to call. So, okay, I'm going to call Sam first, and then I'm going to say, is Sam in this building? Is Sam in this neighborhood? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, he's two, two houses down, or he's, he's two doors down in this building. Do you, then you say, do you mind walking me down and giving me a personal introduction? Let me tell you, if you can get a personal introduction, you're pretty much done. Because here's someone that they trust, they have a good relationship with, they may even be related, who knows what the situation is, but they trust. And if they had a good outcome from you, that's good enough from them. And you may be right on to your next piece of business. That's happened to me so many times where while I'm even working with someone, I'm not even finished yet. If I'm doing a training program for someone and I'm in that particular city, I'll ask that person up to this point, what are you hearing about the training? Oh, man, they're raving about it. They're excited about what they're learning. I said, okay, this is what I like for you to do, Steve, if you don't mind. While I'm here, I'd like for you to introduce me to at least one person you know that can make a decision that can use my services to get the type of results that I'm providing. Would you do that? And like clockwork, it happens. Someone will come in while I'm training and doing a break. They say, oh, Ty, let me introduce you to this person. And within a month or so, I'm working with that person. And that's just how you keep it rolling. Referrals is the, the pot of gold at the end of the sales sales call, basically. When you've done a great job for them, now you get rewarded with additional business, not just from them, but from people who trust them and believe in them. Uh, another way is, so we have lead groups, we have referrals, and when should you ask for referrals? Always. Always ask for referrals. Every day. And, and I ask sometimes in one of my workshops, I say how many of you ask for referrals? And, you know, if I have 20 people in the class, one or two will raise their hands. Sometimes maybe five will raise their hands. And how many of you ask for referrals on a regular or daily basis? It's like all of the hands go down. But if you want to get consistent business, consistently ask for referrals. All right? And we're getting close to our break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Another skill set that sales experts have identified that we have to have and we have to excel at in order to be successful in the consultative selling process, and that's first meetings and first impressions. So we're going to talk about that when we come back, but it's time for our first break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. 
Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time for our special series on today's top HR trends. Learn how you can become the savvy HR innovator who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough human resources strategy. HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and our topic today is the keys to a successful sales career, part two. And we were just talking about some of the sales skills that's necessary to be consistently successful and have an exceptional sales career. These sales skills are teachable, they're learnable. And the first one we were talking about was prospecting. And now we're going to talk about that first meeting, that first impression. And we've all heard the saying, you only get one time to make a first impression, and we better go all out to do that. One of the ways to to really make a great first impression is to know who you're meeting with. Already have some insight and information, or uh, as they say in the military, intel. You want to do your reconnaissance. Before you meet with the person, the best way to get some of the information is to establish a coach. And one of the things I've shared with you in the past is a coach is someone who has information about the person or the organization that you're pursuing, and they don't mind sharing it with you. Uh, They don't have a vested interest in giving you the information. They just want want to see you be successful. So coaches can give you really good information. All right. You can also Google people uh, and, and go to LinkedIn. You can even go to their personal Facebook page and identify things about them so you can get a sense of who you're calling on. You can Google their photographs. I can't tell you, how, can't tell you how many times I've done that, and it helped me to make a better impression. There was one time a, a chairman of a company I was pursuing and, and calling on, and when I actually Googled his image, I saw that he really liked gray suits he wore just about all of the pictures i saw him and there were various pictures he would have on a gray suit and a white shirt and a red or burgundy tie so when i actually got an appointment with him i wore a gray suit i had a white shirt and i had a burgundy tie and he actually commented on my outfit and i'm thinking to myself you you should like it it's yours 
So the, the goal is this and the key is this. People like people who are like them. And so sometimes you have to just actually dress the part. Uh, there was another gentleman, a president of a company, CEO of a company that I was calling on. I noticed in his photographs he liked dark suits. So in that case, I wore a dark suit, white shirt, and a, a darker tie. So people like people who are like them. And if you don't know, I would always err on the side of caution. Remember, you only get one opportunity to make a good first impression. So if you aren't sure what to expect, I, I would just go all out. I would wear a, a, a nice suit or a nice sports coat with a nice shirt and tie just to be on the safe side. That first impression is everything. And what you say in the first couple of minutes determines a lot as well. So what we want to do is we want to be able to establish rapport very quickly. That's why, again, it's important to do your homework. Uh, maybe you've identified that they like golf and so do you. Uh, you identified that they hunt and so do you. If you identify they hunt and you are a card-carrying member of PETA, you may not bring up hunting, all right? So you want to try to connect with them on some basis. Maybe you read an article about the growth of their company, so you, congratulate, you can congratulate them on the growth of their company. You can congratulate them on their upcoming IPO. Something very quickly just to establish rapport. Also to let them know that you've done some homework. Top executives appreciate it when you come in and you already know something about them, and basically they just need to fill in the gaps. Uh, one of the things that we talked about in a prior show that was recent, it was called How to Sell to an Individual's Personal Needs. And in that show, we share with you basically six personal needs that an individual may have. They only have one of the six that's dominant, and that was power, achievement, recognition, uh, affiliation, order, or safety. And in that show also, we told you how to recognize which of the needs that is and how to sell to that need and words that make sense. So you want to go back and check out that show if you haven't already, how to sell to your customer's personal needs. So that's how you make a good first impression. Another way is when you first meet with them to be prepared to quickly identify with your, your pitch they call it an elevator speech, your 30-second commercial. Quickly identify who you are and how your company brings value. You know, you may say, you know, thanks again for seeing me today, Mr. Johnson. As I mentioned in our telephone conversation, I'm a trainer with an exceptional organization called the Ty Maynard Group. They're a full-service training and development company, and their primary focus is to improve your profitability by enhancing the performance of your people. That was, that was my 30-second commercial. And then now what I'm going to do is set an agenda for this meeting because executives love it when you have an agenda. They don't want you to just come in and start spewing on them, on them about your products or your services. I, and I'll set an agenda and I'll say, and what I'd like to do today is learn more about your direction for your company, Mr. Johnson, your goals, and any issues you feel might hinder your long-term success. And so that will quickly help me identify how we can be of service to you in reaching those objectives. Now, if we both agree this meeting was successful, I'm going to ask your assistance in meeting other individuals in your organization directly responsible for some of the topics we discussed today. How does that sound? 
Okay, so what I just did was I just set an agenda for our meeting. I told him I wanted to learn more about his direction for his company. And the reason I asked that, or you can ask, I want to know about your vision. Because what I found is every executive, every decision maker, every business owner, they have a vision. But I've also identified the majority of these decision makers don't know exactly how they're going to get it. And they don't care how old you are, who you are, but if you can lend some support to them accomplishing their vision, they will do business with you. They will talk to you. They will purchase your services. They will acquire your products. So I told him I want to learn about his vision. I want to learn about his goals. I also told him I want to understand any issues that might hinder his success. I asked that last. Okay. Now, some people I've heard, they'll go in and say, well, tell me, tell me what your challenges are. Tell me what are the issues. What is, what's keeping you up at night? And the person just met you, so they may not be that willing to just open up that easily. But I just made it a natural progression of talking about the positive things they want to accomplish. And then lastly, what might hinder that? And it just makes it easier for them to share. And after that, I then tell them what they can expect to get from me if they're willing to be open and honest about their intentions with their company. And then the third thing I did was I told them what next step I'd like to see already up front. I'm telling them where I want to go next. And I said, in the event we agreed that this meeting was successful, I'm going to ask for your assistance in meeting other individuals in your company responsible for some of the topics we discussed today, whether it was how to attract and retain the best and brightest workers, how, whether it was reducing operating costs, whether it was reducing facility costs, whether it was improving morale. Who do you have that's directly over these things that I would need to talk to next to get more information? What that also lets them know is they aren't going to have to spend or invest a whole lot of time with me. Once they've had that initial meeting with me, now they can push me down through their organization. I will have their endorsement, and they will push me down. And what I then ask is, after that meeting, the meeting is going to go well. I'm going to see to it. I'm going to ask them to introduce me personally, if at all possible, to these individuals. If they're in the same facility, the same building, the same neighborhood, or community, I'm going to ask for a personal introduction. If they are in a, in a position to actually walk me down to their office or to their home or wherever we are, their condominium, then I'm going to ask if they can pick up the phone and make a phone call for me right then and there. When people are excited about what you have to offer, they'll do it. They'll do it right then and there. Okay, And the, then the third best way to get their support and endorsement is if maybe they email the person and copy you on the email. But those are the three best ways to move forward after you've made a great first meeting, had a great first meeting, and a first impression. So prospecting, that first meeting, first impression, those are key components to being successful consistently in the consultative sales process. You know, also, we have to be really adept in probing, probing. And let's talk quickly about that. And we've talked about that in other shows, but it's okay. I think it's a good thing to repeat, to refresh your memory. 
Contrary to popular belief, a lot of people think the most successful business owners, the most successful entrepreneurs, and even sales professionals are the ones that have the, the gift of gab, the ability to talk long and to talk often. That's really not the case. The most successful sales professionals, business owners, and entrepreneurs clearly are the ones who are able to ask good probing questions to really get insight into the person that they're meeting with. Okay, we don't just want to go in and they say they, say they, need, they need your service. Oh, great. My question is, what, what prompted this? Why is this so important now? What would be the impact if you aren't able to get this done? Because in most cases, we are commodities out there. But if I can add value to my service or your service, that particular prospect is going to be willing to pay more for what you do for them. So don't just go in and, and just do it. Ask questions. What are they looking to accomplish now in long term? Why? And, and there's a series of questions I want to just go over with you just to remind you of, to help you, is the what. So if they say, well, I, from, from your product, I'm looking for flexibility. Okay, well, we have flexibility. We have flexibility this way, this way. Now, I'm going to say, well, flexibility can mean different things to different people. When you say flexibility, what do you mean by that? I want to understand from their perspective specifically what they mean. Okay, then I'm going to ask the question once I'm clear. I'm going to say, and why is this type of flexibility so important now for your company? Okay, so we have what? We have why. And then I'm going to ask a question what do you think would be the impact if you weren't able to accomplish this in the very near future? This is the real money question, that impact question. What would be the impact? Because their fear is now associated with not getting what they feel they need. So success is mandatory. Failure is not an option. So we have what, what do you mean by that, and why is that so important now, and what would be the impact if you aren't able to accomplish it? Those are the type of probing questions we want to ask, ask them. And then the other side of the coin is listen carefully to what they're saying. And it's time for our second break of the show. As I said, this is the fastest hour of the week. I love talking to you. I hope you're telling other people about the show because we got to get this information out. We all have to make more money. I have a saying, everything is funny when you're making more money. All right? So, hey, listen, call people now and tell them, hey, the show is on. Get them listening. In the meantime, it's time for us to take another short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. Stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. 
Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We're keeping it moving. The topic of the show today, the keys to a successful sales career part two. We're talking about sales skills that you must embody. You must uh, perfect. You must improve in order to be consistently successful and grow your client base, to grow your business, to grow your commission checks. All right. So we're just talking about probing and and probing is really important. But what's equally important also is listening. You you can't ask good questions and not listen. OK, as a matter of fact, there are two different sides of the same coin. And you want to make sure you're listening to understand, listening to understand, not just listening to respond. Listening to respond makes you listen for keywords. And once you think you've heard enough, you either cut the prospect off from talking and you start responding and chances are you could be wrong in what you're saying or you stop listening and start composing your your response. So listen to understand what they're saying. The other key skill that the most successful sales professionals embody if they're going to be consultative in their approach is presenting. A lot of people don't like to present. They would rather just send a proposal along with some some beautiful pictures, but I promise you, your sales are going to go up the more times you present your products. If you can get people to see it, touch it, feel it, experience it in some form or fashion, as many of the senses that they have that we can get involved, if they can smell your product, let them smell it. Okay, if you go to a a perfume store, what they will do is they will spray the perfume on you. They'll let you, they'll spray it onto one of those little scent sheets and let you get a whiff of it. But we have to get their senses involved. And the other thing we have to do is we have to know what's important to them. That's why it was so important to do the probing on the front end. Instead of just coming in and just start talking about all of the features of your products or services, you're shooting in the dark. But if you ask the question specifically what's important to them, now you can fine-tune your presentation. You can make it more concise, 
and you're only, only talking about what's relevant to that particular prospect, all right? And we want to make sure we do that. We want to make sure we do that. Get the presentations. The sales cycle will be shorter. You'll find that your profit margins will be higher. Presentations, get more, get more. And also, make sure you do a dress rehearsal before you actually give the presentation to your client for the first time. You know, I have a lot of people that say you should do a full dress rehearsal, whether it's in the mirror, if you're doing it with a team, let your team do the full dress rehearsal. But I have people say to me, well, Ty, we're just busy and we don't have time. And my question is, in many instances, how many man hours do you put in the pursuit of an opportunity or project? And some people say dozens of hours. Some people say hundreds of hours. And then my next question is, do you mind if I ask why you aren't willing to invest an additional hour to improve your odds of winning? Because if you get a chance to practice, do a dress rehearsal beforehand, you're going to be sharper when you get in front of them. So do the dress rehearsals as well, and you'll be far more confident and and people pick up on confidence. And as a rule, we are attracted to confidence. People also pick up when you aren't confident, and that makes them nervous about purchasing or doing business with you. All right? So let's talk about this thing that we all are concerned about, we all seem to be concerned about, and that's handling objections. I have people, you know, they say, well, I want to learn how to overcome objections. Well, I don't want to overcome anything that's important to the client. I would like to be able to respond to the objection. I would like to handle the, the, the objection professionally. But I, I don't believe in overcoming something, getting somebody to do something that's against their will. All right? So normally when somebody says no, N-O, what I actually hear is K-N-O-W. They said no, N-O, I hear no, K-N-O-W. K-N-O-W to me means that's a request for additional information. They don't know enough yet to say yes. All right? And I have a saying. Normally when I respond to someone's objection, I ask questions, which goes with one of the rules I like to teach you. Never tell someone what you can ask them. Never tell someone what you can ask them. And I'll try to give you a couple examples real quick. I had one client. Uh, I wanted them to come see a presentation that I was doing so they could understand the value that we could bring to their, their business. And he was like, you know, Ty, it's not really necessary. I've seen, you know, product before like that. So it's, it's, no, it's not necessary for me to come see it. And he said, just... Just send me some literature and that'll be more than enough. And I say, well, if that's really what you want me to do, obviously I'll do it. I say, but I just want to be clear in moving forward. I said, how important is this project to your company? And he said, oh, it's very important. I said, okay, okay, that's what I thought. And, and my next question is, is so important now for your company? He said, oh, it's important because we're going into our second phase of growth and we need this to really uh, do well so our shareholders will be pleased and we can also provide bonuses to our employees so we can attract and retain the best and brightest, best and brightest workers. I said, okay, okay. And what would be the impact on this second phase 
if this did not go well? He's like, ooh, oh, my goodness. He said, I don't even want to think about that. We lose millions of dollars. Uh, our shareholders would not be uh, happy with us. Our training costs would go up because now we would not be able to attract and retain the best and brightest workers. Our expenses would go up drastically. I said, you know, it, Mr. Johnson, it really does sound like this is important to you. And I guess if you do not want to come and understand that, I guess my final question is, how do you feel about making such an important question, uh, important decision on something you would have not personally evaluated? And he thought about it and he said, you know, how long did you say it would take? <laughs> I say, we're talking about 45 minutes. Uh, let's take a look at our schedules to see when we can make it make it work for both of us. And he said, okay, let's do that. Now, if you notice, I didn't try to persuade him with, you know, Mr. Johnson, it would really be a good idea for you to come because this is such an important thing for your company. And, you know, I know you like to see it. I didn't do anything. All I did was ask him questions. So that goes back to my rule. Never tell someone what you can ask them. All right. I said, how important is this to your company? And I promise you, 98, 99% of the time when I ask that question, they say it's very important. My next question is, and why is this so important? Then they tell me. And by that time, I've set the hook. <laughs> okay. And then after that, I said, well, what would be the impact if it doesn't go well? And that's that fear question. That's that pain question that they start thinking, you know what? Uh, as much as I did not want to go, based on what we have riding on this, I really need to make sure I make the best decision. So never tell someone what you can ask them. Now, what I found is this. When someone still refuses to go, after I have positioned responding to their objection that way, if they still refuse to go, chances are they have already made their decision, and it really is not in my favor. There's a good chance they invited me to the dance to make the boyfriend jealous. They wanted to keep somebody else honest. And at that point, if they're not willing to invest the time, I have to make a business decision and ask myself if I'm willing to invest any more time in the pursuit of this project if they aren't willing to invest 40 minutes to ensure that they're making the best decision by seeing my products or services in action. So that's one way to do it. Another example might be when I had a, comp a client who purchased another company. He was currently sending all of his salespeople to my Fast Track Sales Camp, which is a phenomenal class, by the way. I'll, I'll be talking to you about that a little later. So I called them to talk to him about sending all of his new salespeople at the new company he just bought to my class. And he said, well, Ty, you know, this was October. He said, Ty, you know, I just invested a lot of money with this and acquiring this new company. So I tell you what, why don't you just give me a call back in July? That's eight months away. And I said to him, I said, you know, if that's what you like, okay, I'll do that. I said, I guess my question is, you send all of your salespeople to my fast track sales camp. Why is that? He said, because they get all of the tools they need. And when they come back, they hit the ground running and they make a lot of money for themselves and they make a lot of money for me and my company. And then I say, well, you know, I'll do what you want me to. I guess my question is, do you mind if I ask why you're willing to allow your new employees to wait eight additional months to get these same skill sets 
that can make money for them, can make money for your company and help you get your return on investment quicker. And then he got quiet. And he said, what do you recommend? I say, we need to get them trained as quickly as possible so you can start getting your return back as quickly as possible. He had the first training class in November, then another one in January, then March and May. They were trained four times before that July date came back that he just wanted me to call him in. So please understand, when people give objections, don't quit. Don't give up. Just use courteous determination and, and, and resolve it by asking questions. Get them to think it through instead of you trying to persuade them. They say a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still, right? A person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. Help them to make better decisions by asking better questions. Well, it's time for our final, final break. Fastest hour of the week. I hope you enjoy, you're enjoying being mainerized. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Mayner or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's, uh, it's the end of the show. It's coming up to the end of the show. Man, time just flies so fast, so quickly. So we're going to continue to to get in as much as we can. 
All right, so we're talking about consultative selling skills necessary to be consistently successful and grow your sales career. All right, now we're going to talk about influencing and convincing because guess what? Sometimes you can give the best presentation. You can handle their objections well, but they still need just a little bit more to push them over the edge to move forward with you. One of the best ways I've found to convince people is not by what you say, but it's by what others say about you and your services. And that's testimonials. Testimonials are just an amazing tool that we need to be using on a daily basis. All right. So I want to talk about uh, various types of testimonials because You heard me say when we were talking about handling objections, never tell someone what you can ask them. All right, so with influencing and convincing and even presentations, you never tell someone what you can show them. All right, never tell someone what you can show them. There are several types of testimonials, and I've seen them work extremely well. I've had it happen where recently some of my clients have started in their presentations bringing an actual customer in or having a customer stop by so the customer can give an actual personal testimonial. That's also the, the beauty of referrals. That referral is telling someone firsthand what you did for them. And they say advertising is what you say about yourself. They say an exceptional public relations program is what others say about you. So an in-person testimonial, either they walk you over next door to the neighbor or they walk you next door to the other uh, company that's next door to theirs and they talk about you in front of you, it's, it's amazing what happens in that situation. Okay, you, You're going to get you another piece of business probably. And the next type is, I've used this quite well, call a speakerphone testimonial, all right? I had a, an executive call me one time, and he heard me do a leadership speech, and he called me. He said, Todd, do you know anything about sales training? And I say, oh, yeah, I, I know a little bit about sales training. <laughs> and he said, well, listen, my company is looking at this other company, and I don't think this guy is going to blend well with our our salespeople. I want to get you in. I can get you in, but you got to do the rest. I said, okay. He said, I'll get you in for an appointment 3 o'clock on Monday. I got on the phone and started calling some of my clients. And I said, okay, have any of you worked with this other company, sales, sales training company? And I found two that had. And I said, you can be honest with me. I said, how do I fare? And they gave me their feedback. The other company was a great company. They had nothing bad to say about either of us, but they felt I had some advantages. I said, well, what are you doing on Monday around 3 p.m.? And they said, I'm available. I said, okay, I may call you. And if I call you, I just want you to tell the prospect what you just shared with me. He said, okay. So I'm in the meeting with the prospect. And just as the meeting is about to end, he says to me, and by the way, we would also like some referrals. I said, okay, referrals. I said, I tell you what, would it, could I use your phone for just a moment? And he said, sure. I then dialed one of the individuals that I pre-planned to call. And then once their phone was ringing, I told 
this prospect who I was speaking to. I said, I'm, I'm calling someone that's worked with me and also the other company that you're considering. And when they got on the phone, I said, hey, Steve, I'm here with, you know, Mr. Mr. Arnold. And Mr. Arnold, this is Steve, and he's one of my customers. He's also used who you're considering. Steve, tell him your experience. And Steve said, you know, you can't go wrong with either company. I found this other company is good in this area, in this area. And he said, but if you want your people to walk out the next day after the training and be prepared to make money, he said, I highly recommend Ty. And a week later, I did get the business. And one of the things I recommend is when you win a sale or lose a sale, always find out why you won or why you lost. That's some of the best learning you could ever get. So I thanked Mr. Arnold for his business. I said, okay, I'm, I'm just curious. Do you mind if I ask what prompted you to go in favor of me? He said, well, you know, really is a lot of things. He said, but man, when that referral, that referral from the individual, he said that took it, that took me over. So I'm just, I'm here to tell you these testimonials, and that's what I call a speakerphone testimonial. When you call that customer, don't just hand the phone to the prospect. Put it on speakerphone so you can hear everything that's being said as well. It works like a champ. Another thing that you can do that works really well as far as a testimonial is get a video testimonies from your clients when you finish doing the work because what you can do is you can just basically show on your iPad, on your telephone, your smartphone, the video of several customers that are really pleased and delighted with what you did for them. And it works like a champ. Okay, they want to feel like they're making a safe decision. And if they see other people that make this decision, especially people they know, they're more comfortable moving forward with you. So that's influencing and convincing. The best way to do that is testimonials. And yeah, we, we, we're to the end of the show, but I want to just hit on closing also. All right, closing, a lot of people want to know about closing. How do I close? How do I close? If you've done all of the other things that we've talked about, Closing is the easiest part. Closing is just as simple as, can we go ahead and write this up? Okay, can we go ahead and place the order for you? Based on what you've seen, can we do business? It's just that simple. And the main key to closing is once you've asked for the business, don't say another word. Just be quiet. (laughs) Don't say another word. All right, and as an old saying, ask for the order and be quiet because whoever speaks first loses. All right, so just ask for the business. And very quickly, another technique you can use, it's, it's, it's called the one to ten close. And basically it goes like this. You know, Tom, we've been working on this for a moment now. And let me ask you, on a scale of one to ten, one being that you see no value in what I propose, and three, you feel very confident we're going to work together, where do we stand? They may say an eight. Wow, we're really close, Tom. What do we need to do to get to a 10? Well, if you can do this and if you can also add this, then we're, we're there. So now you're negotiating. If they say it's a three, wow, Tom, I really apologize because obviously we've missed a mark somewhere. Would you mind sharing with me where we fell short? Well, I really didn't like it when you said this and I didn't understand this part. Either way, he's telling you what you need to do to earn the business. Okay, thanks. So if I can 
address this and, and, and make this clear, would, then would you feel comfortable moving forward? Oh, yeah, I would. Okay. So closing is the easiest part if we've done everything else correctly. All right. So we're at the end of the show, and I, I love talking to you. We are growing by leaps and bounds every week. Thank you very much for your support. I want you to know that many of the things that I talked about is in my book, Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. That is a reference, a book you must have in your reference library. Every sales professional should have a copy of that book. Go to my website, tymaynergroup.com, and on, go to the online store and order your book right now. And there's, there's others out there who you like what I'm saying, you know it can help you, but you need someone to, co- to talk with you on a regular basis. I'm here to help you. I'm here to coach you. I have a coaching program that's helping people grow by leaps and bounds. And if you want to know more about it, give me a call, okay? I can help you with that. You can give me a call, and the telephone number is 888-605-1040. That's 888-605-1040. Or you can contact me at Ty, T-Y-E, at Ty, T-Y-E, Mainer, M-A-N-E-R, group.com. Ty at TyManerGroup.com. Thanks again for listening. Check out the online store on TyManagroup.com. Tell others about the show. Please go and like us on Facebook. And in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.